This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 164. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. You know, one of the things I often ask myself is, if I could go back to my student days, how would I do things differently? And uh, one of the things that I often think to myself is, well, would I choose to do something different at university itself? And as it happens, I, I did music. I studied jazz piano for four years. and um, But I often think, well, how cool would it have been to do languages at university and to spend four years studying two or more languages and to get the chance to go and live in those countries as well? Oh, it sounds so cool. And, you know, you learn them when you're so young and you get the rest of your life to learn more languages and so on. And I often think about that, and I'm very envious of people I meet uh, who are doing languages at uni. I, I often meet people at the Polyglot Pub, actually, which is the, the the event that I run in London, who are at uni and doing languages, and I, I'm so envious of them. Today's question is a little bit related to that. It comes from Eleanor, who has just done a degree in Spanish and is wondering how to keep it up. Before we get to her question, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, who conveniently make it very, very easy for you to keep up multiple languages by offering uh, tuition services in different languages wherever you are in the world. Their name is italki and you can get a free lesson by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. I highly recommend you do that. Now let's get to today's question from Eleanor. Hola Ali, Keita. Uh, hi, my name's Eleanor from the USA. I was wondering what you think the uh, role of studying should be in language maintenance. So just to give you some background, my specific situation is that I recently graduated from university with a degree in Spanish language and literature, um, as a result of which I was using my Spanish nearly every day for um, reading, writing, and speaking in a, largely in a classroom context. I also have <clears throat> studied Korean in university courses and I would like to move to Korea um, to teach English soon. However, I am also interested in learning some Mandarin Chinese right now, since my best friend is Chinese. Um, and I just wonder if uh, what you do to maintain your languages at an advanced level, if they don't currently maybe play a role in your life, if you continue to study your vocabulary, or what you do with that. Um, Thanks so much. I love the podcast. Hey, Eleanor, thank you for getting in touch and thanks for leaving your message. It's a great question. And uh, one we've covered before, actually, in, in in similar ways, in episode 47, which I now believe, actually, if you scroll back in the iTunes feed, you can't get that far back. It's a restriction that iTunes places on podcasts for some crazy reason that I don't understand. You can find it on the blog, though. All the previous episodes are on the blog. And uh, episode 47 was about how I maintain my level uh, in multiple languages, so I think with this, with my answer here, Ellen, I'm going to give it you. I'm going to give it a particular spin, which is to your your specific situation. Having just been through college, spent four years, I, I imagine three or four years, um, immersed in Spanish, and now you're kind of starting to think, okay, what's next? And I don't blame you. Like after four years of doing one language, yeah, I, I can. I, I bet you're ready for something else, and you're thinking about Chinese and Korean. Which is it's super exciting, and I, I highly recommend you you go for it because it will you know it takes you to the other side of the world. Um, it's the start of a totally different adventure, one that I've I followed myself. You know, I went to Japan and spent three and a half years in Japan, learned Japanese, 
and uh, I highly recommend it. So very excited for you to see what what you're going to do with that. The question is then, if you have learned a language to a high level, in your case Spanish, what do you do to maintain it after you leave? So let's start with a couple of quick definitions. What's the difference between learning and maintaining a language? Well, for me, learning a language is when you're going through the process of um, learning the language, learning the basics. You're learning the basic vocabulary, you're understanding grammar, you're building your confidence in the language. That starts at zero and goes on for quite some time. Maintaining a language for me is what happens when you um, already speak it, you can already use it in meaningful situations and you you don't want to lose the ability to do that okay now um i'm going to be very very honest in this episode because i have quite specific personal feelings about the need to learn and maintain languages for me i think probably because i never grew up with languages i only started learning languages when i was 19 i don't feel any particular like attachment to a language in, in as it relates to me as a person. So I have never had the desire to keep up my languages after they stop being useful or meaningful or relevant to my day-to-day life. So for example, um, Arabic. A couple of years ago, I learned Arabic. I was living in Egypt. I learned, I got my, my Arabic got to a kind of conversational level. It was quite fun. But then I left Egypt, went back to the UK. Arabic just stopped being a meaningful part of my life. And I have neither the time nor the inclination to spend a lot of time maintaining it just kind of just for the sake of it. It would be for the sake of pride if I spend a lot of my time maintaining Arabic. And I I just kind of try to be very realistic with myself and very honest with myself and say, hey, that's just not where my life is heading. I can't see a need to use Arabic again in the future. So let's just let's, you know, let's just move on. It's been fun, but, you know, time for something else. Now, I always find that there is a point at which you will lose a language if you stop speaking it. And a point where you will not lose it if you start if you stop speaking it. For me, that is around about an upper intermediate or B2 level. All of the languages of mine that I've got to an upper intermediate level, I managed to go for long stretches without ever really forgetting them or even losing much of a level. I might lose a bit of sharpness, you know, quick reflexes, uh, maybe a kind of bit of sense of humour or something that, that really kind of sharpness that you get, that real kind of sharpness that you get when you're really learning a language, speaking a language consistently for a long time. You might lose a bit of that sharpness. But in general, the languages that I have got to that level, like kind of B2 level, I don't find that I forget them very much, providing that I kind of use them to talk with people every now and again. So uh, the case in point for me really is my Spanish and Portuguese that I used for a long time. And then I moved to Japan and stopped. And from about 2009 to 2015 or so last year, I actually hardly spoke Spanish or Portuguese for that whole time. So like over, over six years. And yet I don't feel it affected my fluency at all. I've forgotten a few words here and there, but it doesn't matter. I can still do, I'm still perfectly um, proficient in those languages. Similarly with with Japanese, like I left, I, I was kind of at a 
an okay-ish upper intermediate level in Japanese, left Japan, went to the Middle East, didn't speak it for a few years, and now I use it very often in London socially. So because of that, the way that my life has worked out is that the languages that I really care about, I speak well. Because I care about them and I speak them well, I tend to use them in my daily life not necessarily on a weekly or even monthly basis, but every now and again, fairly frequently. And so I don't find that I forget them. Now, I do live in London, which is a good place to be for languages. Um, but I do also have, uh, I kind of have genuine friends in those languages who I do speak to in those languages. So my life is is kind of set up in a way where I use the languages I care about. Now, it's very difficult for me to say how that would apply for someone else. And let's take Eleanor. Your situation is that you, as I understand, you speak very good Spanish. You've been studying it for years. Assuming that you have actually spoken a lot of Spanish and you're very comfortable speaking, which is not always the case for people who study languages at university. A lot of people go to uni and they they like have a very good academic knowledge of the language but don't necessarily speak it very well. I'm going to assume for the sake of this answer, that you do speak Spanish well, you're very comfortable with it. I wouldn't be at all worried that you'd forget it. You know, as long as you use it every now and again and you you take the opportunity to have conversations with people when the opportunity arises, you won't forget it. I, I really wouldn't worry about that. The time that I would be concerned is if you feel that you're not that confident speaking and then you have to kind of make that difficult decision. Now, this is really what I wanted to talk about in this episode if you are someone who has learned a language to an okay level, but you're not quite over the edge, you're not quite over the hill yet, you know, you can't really use it confidently and you're not, you're not very like, you don't feel that you own it yet. You're not quite comfortable in it. If your situation changes, like in Eleanor's case, potentially moving to South Korea, you've got to be very honest with yourself about what's coming because are you really going to move to a different country and then actively study this other language? You know, are you going to move to South Korea and actively study Spanish on a regular basis in order to keep it up, whilst also trying to forge a life for yourself in this new country? If it were me, no way. I wouldn't do it. That's why my Italian has kind of slipped. That's why my Arabic has slipped. Because I, I just like if I move to a place, I, I'm all in in that place, right? I, I give it everything I've got. I don't want to be, I don't want to be stuck in Japan reading, but reading like textbooks in Portuguese just for the sake of maintaining my level. I, I just not like that. I'm too, I'm, I, I'm too reliant on my whims. I'm too weak like that. That's just the way that I am. So I think you've got to be realistic. If you feel that you really do, you're passionate about maintaining or still improving the language, then the same rules apply. You've simply got to keep studying it and using it as you did before. And so that's, I think that being honest with yourself in the short term really is going to save yourself a lot of heartache in the long term. And I know people who have agonized for years over these questions of like, oh, I've put so, this, it's the, the sunk cost fallacy, the idea, oh, I've put years into learning this language, so I have to spend the rest of my life doing just the same thing. That's debatable, you know? I don't know. 
let's say, Eleanor, that you're going to move to South Korea and then let's say you put your Spanish on hold for, say, five years. Let's be really pessimistic. Let's say your Spanish goes on hold for five years and then you move back to the States. You're not going to lose that much. You're really, you're really not. You're going to come back and after a, after a few weeks of conversations with local Spanish people, you're going to be back to like languages stay in your brain once they've got to a certain a certain level. But more to the point, that kind of scenario is much more it's much more congruent. I think it makes much more sense for your life when you do get back to the states and you get back to Spanish. I think you you would do so with a renewed sense of interest and passion for it because it's something new. You know, you're coming back. It's like that's for me personally. That's what gives me energy. Now, let's take a more positive approach. And let's say you're moving abroad. You want to maintain the language, and you're you know you love the language, and so you're looking for ways to maintain it. Here is here are the kind of things that I do do myself to um, to maintain these languages that I'm passionate about. First of all, read books in the language. So take. Uh, think about, I always say, think about what kind of books you read in English and read them in Spanish or whatever language. So read books for pleasure. Next, do the, the, the obvious thing of like watching movies, watching TV, listening to podcasts. Um, you know, again, if you base it around your interests, it'll be fine. Go to events. So if you go to somewhere like Korea, for example, look for the local Instituto Cervantes, the local um, Spanish institute. Look for Spanish events, cultural events, and go to those, attend those, you know, get out, go to things, get yourself out of the house and put events in your schedule. Meet friends, use websites like conversationexchange.com, mylanguageexchange.com, meetup.com, find people who speak the language and hang out with them. A few more uh, kind of ninja tricks, if you like. I quite like studying other things in a language. So I would often look at MOOCs or other courses in Spanish, for example, because it's a great way to learn something else using that language that I'm trying to maintain. I often do language exchanges where the language that I'm exchanging is a foreign language for me. So because my Spanish is quite good, um, I would often do a language exchange with someone who wants to learn Spanish. So I'll speak to them in Spanish and they'll teach me their, their language, Cantonese or whatever. Quite a good way to keep practicing it. And lastly, which is kind of related to this language exchange thing, look for opportunities to teach that language. Now, it doesn't have to be formally. It can be informally, um, either through like private tutoring or through a language exchange arrangement or something like that. But when you have to teach a language, then you really up your game. I mean, I'm doing that right now with the Fluent Spanish Academy, which is a Spanish, um, a Spanish community that I run. Because I'm in a position now where I have to teach Spanish, it really makes me concentrate and focus. And think about the language. And I'm improving my Spanish as a result. Really like refining like difficult concepts and things like that. Because I have to convey those. So those are lots of, uh, lots of ideas there. Lots of practical things you can do. I'm going to put a list of all of these in the show notes. Which will be at IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash episode 164. Now, in my Language Learning Foundations course... I have an interview with a good friend of mine, uh, Richard Simcott, who is a language genius and speaks <laughs> a, a large number of languages, let's just say that. And I, I, when we have delivered um, workshops together before, he often talks about his approach to this. And, and in the interview that's included in the Language Learning Foundation's course, he talks about his approach 
which is very different to mine. But what he says is that he has a, a system of really using every available minute of his day to consume content in different languages. So as he's eating lunch, he'll watch a YouTube video in Armenian or something. Then as he's doing the ironing, he'll listen to a podcast in Spanish. And as he's walking his daughter to school, he'll um, sing her a song in uh, Macedonian or something like that. Like he's very, very devoted, Richard, far more than me. And he really just uses all these little opportunities, pieces of dead time to get exposure to the languages that he wants to maintain. That's a level of commitment that I can't personally do. I find myself, I'm too scatterbrained for that. But if you, but if you are someone that's more like Richard in that sense, then that might work out really well. You know, it goes, it comes, it speaks to the point of if you want to maintain the language, you've got to do stuff with the language as much as possible. All right, so I'm going to put a link to all of these ideas in the show notes, um, a link to the courses I've mentioned and the tips and websites and all those things as well. If you would like to ask me a question, please go to IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash ask in order to do that. Now, at the end of every episode, I like to leave you with a resource of something on the topic of the show. And, you know, I did a little bit of searching on the internet for this, and there's not much out there written on this topic. And so I'm going to give you three things to do if you'd like to find out more about this. First of all, go back and check out episode 47 of the podcast, because that's on this kind of topic. The second thing is you might be interested in my Language Learning Foundations course, which is, well, basically it's the course where I show you my method for learning languages. But there are bonus interviews and things in there, including the the interview with Richard um, that I mentioned, as well as a ton of other interesting masterclasses as well. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then lastly, there is a blog post I have where I put some videos of me speaking different languages. So you can actually see me speaking all of these languages that I say I, say I speak um, on video. And that, along with each of those videos, I kind of give a bit of a commentary about how I learned it. So that might just give you a little bit more of an idea about how learning multiple, learning and maintaining multiple languages actually can fit into one's life and one's lifestyle. I'll put a link to all of those in the show notes, along with the, the complete transcripts to this episode as well, which you can find at IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash episode 164. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.